Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories edition. In all of the installments of Pitbull Stories, I have special guests who share their stories of what it was like to um, acquire a Pitbull type dog, to live with a Pitbull type dog, and kind of share their experience of how they worked through some of those stigmas and how they advocate for the breed now. I've been the proud owner of two blocky headed dogs and our current blocky headed dog, Waylon, is an American Staffordshire Terrier, and I know what it feels like to experience some of the stigmas that the world wants to throw at you, and my intention with this series is to reassure all of you amazing blocky-headed owners that our beloved pit bulls are amazing, and we can play a huge role in advocating for the breed. So please enjoy these episodes, and if you'd like to be a guest on Pitbull Stories, please send me a DM over on the Instagram at a feeling underscore NCO. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories Edition. So I have another pretty spectacular guest. I think you all are going to be really, really excited to hear from her. So if you live in a hole and you don't already know about Noah and Lincoln, right, because I'm pretty sure everyone on earth knows about Noah and Lincoln, but if you don't, follow them ASAP. Okay, so Vivian, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself, right? So she is obviously dog mom to the sensation that is Noah and Lincoln. Yes. <laughs> I was just, just going to stop laughing when you say if you live in a hole somewhere. <laughs> it is 2020. No, I appreciate you taking the time to even talk to us. You know, I mean, podcasts are so surreal to me because you're being interviewed. So I appreciate you even thinking about us. Um, my name is Vivian, and we're in Jacksonville, Florida. I have Noah and Lincoln. They're two American bullies. Noah is nine years old, and Lincoln is three years old. Oh, my God. And um, I don't know. The backstory to them basically is that my husband went with his Marine buddy when he was in active duty. His buddy wanted to go pick up a puppy from a breeder, and my husband just went along for the ride. We weren't thinking of getting any dogs or anything. You know, we were still on active military, so we didn't want to deal with the dog and moving around and stuff. He ended up talking to the breeder and asking, you know, why was that little puppy by itself? What was wrong with him? Come to find out it was the runt. And the breeder wasn't good rid of him because most backyard breeders, you know, um, if there's no money in it, they're going to get rid of it. And that's what he was going to do with Noah. And so my husband says, hey, um, do, you want another, do you want a dog? <laughs> And I was like, uh, yeah. And so he ended up coming home with Noah that day. <laughs> so it was totally unplanned. So that's how Noah came to us back in 2011. And by the time it was towards the end of my husband's retirement, we figured, well, why don't we get Noah a brother? And so we took the Craigslist because we live in a big military town. We have like three major military bases and they're constantly deployed. And so we figured, well, someone's going to leave a dog behind somewhere. And, but with our luck, we didn't find any. So we did run into Lincoln's picture. <laughs> and if you've seen his big old head, you can't miss it. And <laughs> my husband talked to the family and come to find out the family just couldn't deal with him. He is a wild child. Um, if you don't set boundaries for him, he's gonna knock kids over. And that's what he was doing to that family. He was knocking the two kids over. And I think the wife just had enough and the guy was like, I just gotta get rid of him. And so he was rehomed to us in 2017 so that's how they came to us that's how we're here now today <laughs> oh my god so did you guys have dogs prior to them 
No, we well, we had one way, way back in the day. And because of that experience, we didn't want any more because we had to rehome him. And at the time, it was awful because where we went, where we got our new orders, they wouldn't allow pit bull type dogs. And so we had to give him to a family friend and he's been with him since. And so ever since we're like, well, we can't go through this again. We just got to wait until we get out. And that's, that's exactly kind of what happened. But with Noah, we were, by then with Noah, we were more settled. And, you know, once you pick up Frank in the military, you pretty much dictate your own career. And so that's why we were able to get Noah at that time. So no, prior to them, we really didn't have any dogs. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's so common, right? That like when you're in the military, you have to leave, right? Like it's just part of the deal. And I think that that's so hard because I feel like dogs are so beautiful and amazing at like that emotional support, but like you can't make that same commitment unless you have like a family member or something that the dog could stay with. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's why there's so many programs now because of that, that do help um, people that get deployed. So they find somebody within the program that can, I guess, foster their dog until the person gets back. And I'm so glad that they have that program now because of that. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I, I forget what it is. Fun. And I should have looked it up sooner. And I, cause I, I mean, I'll send it to you if you like, but there are, a, there's a couple of programs that do support active duty military. If they get deployed and they can t- take their dog with them, then they have people in line that ask them, Hey, can you watch this dog? for X amount of months and they do. And so their dog is waiting for them when they get back. I love that so much. It's and great. Like, oh my God, being deployed and knowing you get to go back home. To yeah, dog, yeah. Like, I'm sure yeah. you want to see your family. <laughs> Let's be honest, our dogs are our family, right? Like, Right, right, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't want to give the dog back. <laughs> oh my God, right? <laughs> yeah. that, that's like, that's quite an arrangement. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you yeah. this dog for like, X amount of time, but then I need right. them back. But yeah. you know, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do it that. Does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So that's our story. That's how that's how we became the Nolan Lincoln Hippo family. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so in the early days, um, so Noah came first, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So in the early days of like Noah as a puppy, like what was that experience like? You know, I really didn't know. Um, because my husband was the one that really grew up around Dobermans and pit bulls. So he already had that experience for me. It was more like, wow, this is my first time ever having a dog for real, for real. Cause my mom, we'd find like a couple of strays here and there were little, but we didn't know what dogs really were about when you were a kid. So they came and they went. And so for me, when he was a puppy, I didn't know how to like do, how do I treat it? Do I, is it like, is it just a dog or he just roams around or like, what do you do? And at the time I was really naive to the whole pit bull stigma, right? Even though I grew up in Miami, I saw them everywhere and people were scared of them because people use them for the wrong reasons. And so, but even then I was just like, what do I do with a dog? Like, how do you, so I invested all the time in reading um, YouTube. It was just coming out, like really popular then. And people were training their dogs with treats and um, petting on the head and walking. So I, so I really took in everything that everyone else is doing. And by the time he was around five, six months old, I kind of got the hang of it. But what I struggled the most was with, do I love this dog? How do I, do I not like, where is the relationship that people talk about? You know, I didn't know where you found that. And so with Noah, 
being my first dog, you learn everything. The good, the bad. <laughs> kind of like your first kid, right? <laughs> so for the first four or five years, it was, it was, I didn't know where we were. Okay, I know I'm your boss. I know you're my dog. You're supposed to do what I say. I feed you, I bathe you, I clean you. I take you out, that's it. And then it was later on after that, that I found, I found out now that he's actually my soul dog, as people like to call it, you know, your heart dog. So it went from not knowing what the heck to do to building that relationship. And now, you know, I don't see my life. I can't see my life without him. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's a big, it was a big long journey for me. Yeah. But like, I think that that's, what's so captivating about being a dog parent, right? Is like yeah. that journey and like all the things you didn't really realize you were going to learn about yourself from the dog. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And it's so funny because you forget almost that they're, they are a dog and you start, especially Noah. And I'm sure a lot of people see it too with their dogs. He has like a, an old man type personality. And I feel like he's just so wise and old. <laughs> and if he could talk, he could just share all the secrets of the world <laughs> with me. And so as I was growing, he was growing too. And he was growing to, I guess, better understand me and know me, what was going on mentally, emotionally, physically. And so, yeah, it is, it is a journey that you go through. And, and it is amazing that people can, you know, can go through that and feel it. Yeah. So yeah, that, it, it was quite a big experience. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, how did like your family and friends react to you guys bringing this little blocky headed <laughs> dog into your life? Were people like worried for you? Like tell, like, I feel like, I feel like the Pibble persona has really changed over the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it yep. was not always like that. Like people were no. worried for us as people. Yes. Especially as a, as a woman. Um, it was really, and I think then is when I started to see a lot more women get these big, powerful breeds, the Dobies and the Rotties and the Pitbulls. So I was really happy to see that. But when I got Noah, it was still eh, more guys than anything. And so when my family, especially my mom, my brothers and my sister, not so much, they're, you know, they're a lot younger, so they really didn't care about my mom. She, you know, like I said, we grew up in Miami, so she saw the, the bad side. That's all she ever heard. And so she told us, she said, well, listen, if you have that dog at your house, we're just not going to go. It's like, okay, mom. So we'll just come see you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, she, our friends. Uh, we didn't really have too many friends because I mean, like I said, we moved around a lot and my circle is like really, really small. And, um, <laughs> and my husband's family, they were used to pit bulls. So it, except for some of them, some of them, actually screamed like little girls when they saw Noah for the first time. It was so funny. These big burly men <laughs> scared of these little 20 pound dogs. <laughs> but it was really my mom. Convincing my mom was probably, uh, it took a lot of time, probably, I'm going to say seven, eight, eight months before she finally came around. And she went from, well, I'm not going to touch him. I just let him walk around to feeding him and then dancing with him to a Christmas song. So she came a long way. And what I tell people is you don't force it on them. You just let them see how you handle that your dog and their temperament and they'll come around. And that's basically what happened. Really. She came around because 
his temperament is just, he loves to please people and he loves people a lot more than he does dogs. <laughs> so, and that's what happened. That's how she came around. Oh my God. Okay. And like that there is just so damn beautiful, isn't it? And like, yeah. I mean, who could blame your mom? Like if, if the only capacity you ever see pitbull type dogs in is like them, like acting sketchy, aggressive or dangerous. Like, of course she's going to feel that right. way. Right. Like right. that's her yeah. experience. Mm -hmm. and, and oh my God, I love so much what you say about like, we cannot force people, right? Like that yeah. is, not, and I see so many well-meaning people advocates be like, they're so nice. How can you not like them? Like, it's not really about that, right? Like people have right. to take their own time and do what they're comfortable with. And that is okay, right? Like we don't need someone to be a pit bull lover tomorrow. That's not the point, right? right? It's just right. to open their minds and maybe plant that seed about like, okay, maybe pitbulls are something different than I thought that they were. Yeah. And the, the beauty behind that is once you get that conversation started, you start to tell them, okay, well, listen, I know that you've heard the term pitbull, but actually there's like 10 different breeds that fall under that umbrella. And no one Lincoln are not an American pitbull terrier. And, you know, they're American bullies. And, you know, some dogs are, temperamental. Some of them are a little bit more wild. Some of them are a little bit more, you know, uh, aggressive or, and that's all based on the breeding, you know? So if Noah's parents were really, really chill, then no one's going to be really, really chill. Lincoln's parents, one of them must've been crazy because he's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, so it really depends on, on the hereditary side as to, you know, where they came from. So it, when you get into that conversation and people really want to know, you really get down to the nitty gritty and explain to them, listen, yes, they have pit bull type traits, but they're not pit bulls. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I try to push is the mislabeling because it, it really just, in a, it just really has hurt a lot of dogs because of that. Um, and for like me and you or somebody that understands, you know, we can say pit bull interchangeably and understand, okay, we know what we're saying, but if you say it to somebody that's completely ignorant to the actual breed, and I don't mean that in a negative way, they just don't know much about it. I'm ignorant in a lot of things. You know, you really have to be careful how you portray it because you don't want them to get the wrong concept and then just reiterate that to the people that they know, you know what I'm saying? So it carries, it carries a lot of weight when you get to that topic and, you have to really be specific with your words so that they understand. And they, when they do pass the information down, it's correct and not misconstrued as it has been for such a long time. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that that's something that a lot of, you know, blocky headed owners struggle with, right? Because yeah. it's like, you know, I feel comfortable with the label pit bull, but I'm not naive in the fact that like the label pitbull has done a lot of harm to a lot of dogs right. you know and it's and it's it's definitely a challenge right and helping people understand that like there are so many breeds that get labeled pitbull and right. then we're just talking about purebred dogs right and then like right. don't even mention the mixed breed dogs that get labeled right pitbulls right correct yeah and yeah. they all end up suffering because of the stigma and and we won't get into it because it's just too much, but the bites and the attacks, it's just, you know, it's just, it goes on and a lot of dogs have suffered and lost their lives over it. And it's very unfortunate, but I think that there's more and more advocacy for them. And I think that's, that's great. And so 
I think the more that we talk about it, the more people are seeing what what's really being missaid, especially when it comes to the media and anybody that hates the breed. Yeah, right. Well, and like, so in Denver, we're in the middle of replacing BSL, right? Yeah. It was so interesting because like I went to the city council meetings, right? Obviously this was pre-COVID, but, um, you know, just hearing from the community members, right? Like, and genuinely, like some of the community members were terrified, right? Like thinking that these dogs are going to like maul them when they're out walking, you know, there was a woman and she's like, I walk with a stick because I'm terrified of being attacked by a pit bull, you know? And like, it was a really good reminder, right. That like, we have a lot more work to do, right. And helping people understand that, like, they're just dogs. There's no mythic monster monsters here, right? (laughs) Like they're just dogs and all dogs can act aggressively. All dogs can be behaviorally sound, right? Like it's it's not a a breed thing, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really glad you brought up like the label pit bull because it's very true. Like we can interchange and we know what's going on, but we have to be careful with that language because it can really get misconstrued and hurt the mission ultimately. Right. And the whole Denver thing, um, I know a bunch of us, a bunch of pity moms were following that back in February. And we were just so disheartened that um, Mayor Hancock didn't, just did not pull through and backed out. I thought it was a very, I understand why he did it, basically to protect himself. But at the same time, I just thought that it was a very weak move on his part because he didn't want to take responsibility and be accountable for that when he had so much support and I've, I've flown to Denver. I have a brother and his fiance is out there. I've walked with Noah around. I flew into the airport. I mean, people loved and flocked to him. So I didn't see the, we hate the bulls. You know, I didn't see that mantra. Do, are there some people? Sure. There's, but I don't think there's that many that, and we saw the live, um, we saw the live when you guys went to the court, uh, not the courtroom, was it Chambers or the yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, so we saw it and we saw the people that spoke against it, the people that spoke for it, and it's all based on fear. Yeah. That's what it came down to. And people from stories that they hear, it may have been a personal experience and I totally get it, but you can't you know, hold one account, the entire group accountable for just one or two that something that that happened. And I get it. I, I get it. People do get PTSD from it. They're traumatized. And I would never want to force something on them that they don't want. But we still have to be open-minded, you know. But I am rooting that people pass it in November. And yeah. um, we get, um, so you guys get the vote. People are listening, I'm sorry to interrupt, Denver City Votos, it is ballot measure 2J. So we definitely want you to vote yes on that. Just <laughs> Yeah, I had a friend... Um, uh, she sent me uh, Fiona, Fiona the Pitbull, Fiona the Pity. Gosh, I'm sorry. It's horrible. I forgot her username. But Fiona is the name of the, the Pitbull. She sent me the stories for that. And so I'll be posting those on my stories as we get closer to it so people keep it in their minds fresh. Um, I think we she got them from the, the, the late rescue. Never BSL the, team. Yes, that, yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. who it is. Yeah, so I'll be sharing those in my stories closer towards the the day. That way people remember it. But yeah, we've been, we were watching that closely and we were just like, oh no, why? So I'm really hoping it'll, it'll turn out great. 
I really have so much faith in the Denver city voters. I really do. You know, and like, yes, we heard from some worried and fearful like community members, but I think by and large, people understand that like BSL is not actually keeping community safer and dogs are dying unnecessarily because of it, right? So exactly. And you know, like it's really interesting, right? Because I I do want to get back to your story, but before we do that, it's like, you know, in Denver. There are so many pit bull type dogs walking around. Like there is very little enforcement of BSL anyways. Like let's just (laughs) move forward, people. Let's just move forward. It is time. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit. Okay, so when you all first got um, Noah, were you in Florida then? Yes, we were already here by then. Um, It was 2011 and we had just gotten back from Buffalo the year before. And so we were... We were basically pretty much, we already knew we wanted to stay here. Um, I'm originally from, well, not originally. I came here when I was 15. And so I pretty much grew up my high school years from here. And so my parents are still here. So we wanted to come back here anyway. And yeah, by then we were ready to stay here and retire. And, but in 2013, um, I ended up going to New Jersey my job and then my husband went to South Carolina so we kind of had to go our separate ways for about three years and that's when Noah came with me and um and that's when it was just me and him and that's how the bond began so that's when the journey started and I never realized how much of an impact a dog can do for you yeah okay so I'm curious just to hear like what was the reaction from the community in Buffalo when you guys moved there no, 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 no. We were back from Buffalo. Oh, you were back already. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When we came back to Jacksonville, we had just come back from Buffalo and that's when Noah came. Okay. And um, here, the community, um, actually our community was really small compared to what it is now. And so when we were walking Noah around the neighborhood, they didn't know what he was at first. Like, you know, like he was just this big gray ball. And, <laughs> and because he was the runt, he was a lot smaller. So you really couldn't tell what kind of breed he was. And so it wasn't until he was about a year old and that's when people were like, oh, he's so cute. Or you'd get the people that would cross the street. And I got offended them, you know, that, that was my first time ever. Like if people did it to me, I wouldn't care. Like, I don't care, I don't wanna to talk to you anyway. But I know you're doing it because of my dog. So I'm like, what did my dog do to you? <laughs> so I, I can resonate with a lot of people that get upset and offended. And um, I had, you kind of have to let it go because it was going to, that's what you signed up for. And I didn't know that. And so it, it took me a while, but I finally got over the fact that, hey, that just means there's more room for me and my dog on the sidewalk. That's where I got to that point. You know, I don't care. <laughs> and, it, and it worked for us because a lot of the dogs that we encountered were not trained and I was in the process of training Noah. So I didn't want him to pick that up anyway. So it kind of helped for us most of the time when people cross the road because the dog was either 10 feet in front of the person or they were yap, 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 or barking or reactive. And so it kind of helped me a lot because I was able to focus on Noah and 
avert those situations. But after that, I really didn't care if they crossed the street or not, <laughs> to be honest. You kind of have to grow a thick skin when you have, you know, these, these kinds of dogs because like we've been saying, people are just scared and they don't understand. And sometimes you get ugly people who say, hey, you be careful, you know, he's gonna eat a baby or, you know, he, you're not gonna wake up one day, he might maul your face off. And it's like, really? You know, like, why? Like, shut the fuck up, you know? Like, why, yeah, why, right. why, 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 why? If, you, if you're not gonna say anything good, just don't say anything at all. Didn't your mother taught you that, you know? So it's like, just be quiet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and I'm sure everyone listening, like, it can, you know, commiserate with those moments of like, you see someone brush off your dog and you're like, really? Come on, this dog is amazing, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those things that I just feel like we're so fiercely protective of them because of the stigma. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, but I, I love your bright side of like, okay, cool. I just have more sidewalk. Like it's so right. true, right? Like that's all that you can do is just be like, okay, cool. We're going to have the sidewalk to ourselves now. Yeah. Ultimately other people's opinions cannot matter because you know, exactly. it's about you and the dog in that moment. It's not about what other people think. Right. And it's like, you know what? It's your loss anyway, loser, whatever. <laughs> you don't get all this loving. <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. So then you added Lincoln to the picture and Lincoln is more of a wild animal than Noah. He's a crazy horse. Um, They're both Noah's yin and Lincoln is yang. You know, they're completely different night and day. And I really, really, really thought that they're going to be like best friends and cuddle each other on the beds and, you know, just be all cute. Like I see these other dogs be together. And I was like, you know what? Why did you bring this asshole into the picture? I didn't ask for a brother. <laughs> you know, are we allowed to curse? I'm sorry. Yes, and, you are. Oh, you are? Yes. And, um, and so, you know, Noah, he, the first time Lincoln came home, Noah came up to him, sniffed him and walked away. He didn't even care. Lincoln was like, oh my God, oh my God, there's a new dog. Can we play? Oh my God, can we play? Noah was not having it. He did not. So from there on, because I was a little bit more savvy in the whole dog training and boundaries and making sure one doesn't bully the other. So by then, you know, I already knew what I was doing. Because had we, if we weren't ready for another dog, we weren't going to get another dog. You know, it's just common sense. But by then I had already, I already knew, okay, yeah. We need to set boundaries. We can't let Lincoln get all in Noah's face. We made it work. Uh, it's almost like we have two separate households for two separate dogs, right? They only come together for a good game of tug of war and food and an occasional playtime with their favorite toys. Um, aside from that, yeah, Noah doesn't care. And Lincoln could care less because he's just like, okay, whatever. I don't care as long as I run around and have fun. You know, he's just the, that... He's just that goofy guy that you meet in high school and college and you just have to go lucky. <laughs> and he was really hard to train because he already has anxiety. Um, I, I am no expert, but I swear he may have a little ADHD in him. And did I say that right? And so, and then I think that he's just, his arousal level is just, Oh, yeah. level 1000 and so treats and um good pads and good boys only work inside the house when we did when we did it outside we have to do other measures and so 
to get him to heal and get him to ignore other dogs. That was a struggle. Um, we went past it. He's, if you see our videos, he's awesome on a leash now and he doesn't pull. He'll get excited, um, but you know, you stop it right then and there and you keep going. But I think it was because of his anxiety that really um, caused him to just be so wild at the same time. But we've been able to maintain it. And the beauty ab about it is that we can keep both of them balanced with not ever having a fight. In spite of Lincoln being such a crackhead, mind, wild guy, <laughs> you know, he, we've been able to keep them uh, balanced. And there was one time where he just got too close to Noah's face. And I wanted to see how that was going to play out. And sure enough, Noah did what I thought he would. He was going to correct him. And Lincoln never did it again. So I think that by having their two separate personalities, they bring a lot to us. If you need the chill vibes, you got Noah. If you need to laugh, <laughs> you got crazy clown Bob over there. <laughs> yeah, he'll make you laugh anytime. And, you know, I, I love Lincoln because nothing gets him down. You know, he's just, he's a very happy go lucky. He is the epitome of that. And I love it because you have one of each and depending on your, your day and your mood, you can have both, <laughs> have your pick. So Lincoln, Lincoln, aside from all of that in the beginning, I spent a lot of time training him. And it was good for me because at the time I wasn't working. So I had a lot of time throughout the day to do it. He was my focus. I was like, no. And going back to the stigma of pit bulls, I needed to make sure that Lincoln was on his best behavior because I already knew where that was going to go. In the wrong hands, Lincoln would be the stereotype. And we saw it. And I am so grateful that he came to us because I don't think anybody that really wanted to put the time in would have given Lincoln that time. And it, it, if I think about it, it, it really hurts me because I think he would be in the wrong hands. You know? And I didn't want that to happen to us. I didn't want us to be the stereotype. I didn't want to be the one to be like, oh my God, you know, he never does that and he bit somebody. No, you know, and as, as bully owners, you want to, you always got to be on your best behavior all the time because you never want to give anybody a reason to say, you see, you see, I told you, that's why you can't trust them. And no, I'll be damned if anybody looks at me and says that because uh, it's not going to happen. So that's yeah. another reason why I'm so happy that Lincoln came to us. And I, mostly me, because my husband was still working at the time. He was in active duty. I invested so much time day in and day out on him. And People are surprised, but they don't understand how much work goes into that. You know, Noah was a cupcake of a dog. He learned everything in the first three months we had him. Uh, off leash, on leash, his re everything. He learned everything. And Lincoln was just complete opposite. And you, that happens. But as, as, a, as a dog owner, um, you need to understand that, especially when it comes to breeds like this where people are just gonna be waiting for you to just to fuck up that one time. And you don't wanna give them that ammunition, so. Yeah, and, and there's it, more and, pressure. It's not right, but it's true, right. right? There is more pressure. And like, I mean, 
I, I know that a lot of people listening when they're like, if this dog would have gone to someone else, they're like, yep, uh-huh, that's my dog too. And like, yep. I think that, you know, that's something that's so misunderstood about like, you know, any powerful breed for that matter, right. but especially like the blocky headed dogs, the American bullies is that like, they are powerhouses. They are mm-hmm. athletes, right? And like, that can be a lot when your dog doesn't know how to turn it off. Right. And right. I think that, you know, some of these dogs for better or worse, right. Like maybe do not come from the greatest genetic pool. And then they come to our <laughs> houses and we have to be like, Oh, okay. So this is what I'm in for here. Right. Like- right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. I'm glad you said that genetic, the genetic pool. Yeah. We got one of the, one of the bad ones, <laughs> one of the, the lower end ones, but, but see, and you, and that's why you have to do your research, you know, and it's great that you want to advocate for the breed and it's wonderful that you're ready to get out there and do it. But I always tell people, please do the research, please do the research beforehand, because you just don't know what you're going to get. You really don't. And a lot of people that do adopt and rescue from shelters, um, it shouldn't be a deterrent, but if you're going to go and do it, make sure you're prepared, regardless of what method you're going to take you know, to make sure you stay on top of your game. Um, just make sure you do your research with any breed, but especially, you know, the stigma that's going to come behind it, the the bullshit that people are going to try to give you. Uh, you may end up losing friendships and family members for a while because they're going to be like, you're, you're out of your fucking mind. What are you doing? You know, you're going to let your dog, your kid around that thing, you know? So it, it's not just because you're getting a dog, a, a pit bull, but everything that comes with it. You really have to be mentally prepared for that. You really do. It is not for the faint of heart. No, that it's is not. It isn't. No, no. <laughs> if there's one thing that I learned from Caesar, um, Caesar's way I used to, when I, he first started coming, one of, one of the things that really stood out to me was if your personality does not match your dog, it's not going to work out. You know, um, if you're somebody that, just it's very laid back you don't want to do much you kind of like a house body then maybe you need to get like a, a dog that's less maintenance you know if you're gonna you don't go out and get a belgian malamore oh my god <laughs> <You know> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no so yeah so definitely do a lot of research before you get any dog but especially if you're gonna get a bully be ready to have some thick skin yeah absolutely okay mm-hmm. so i want to i want to talk about Uh, your platform, right? Because I seriously die laughing because (laughs) the content you post is like, it's just so real life. And just like the comical nature of like dogs who do not fix to our agenda. You know what I mean? I love just like the real life images you share. And I think that you've used your platform so beautifully to not only advocate for, you know, blocky headed dogs, but also just to show people what like life is really like with them. You know what I mean? Like the good and the bad. So, um, when, when did you start all of this social media stuff? Cause like, obviously it has taken off, right? (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, my sister, when, when I moved to Jersey in 2014, she was in New York at the time and she came and visited and she's like, Hey, Instagram was just starting to take off then. And it wasn't as it is today, but so she said, Hey, why don't you just create an Instagram for Noah? Because he's such an old man. Like you can really capture his oldness and his little grumpy faces, how he can't stand you or whatever. 
I said, man, you're crazy. I'm not going to create a, an Instagram for my dog. Who does that? <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And so I did it. And I wasn't, so in 2014 is when I created his account. And I wasn't really active. I didn't know jack about social media, you know, just you post stupid selfies and that was it. Like, I didn't know anything else about it. So I was really inactive for about two and a half years. It wasn't until we moved back to Jacksonville in 2016 that I kind of took an interest in it. And so in 2017, uh, I think we only had like, I don't know, 800 followers at the time in 2017. And it kind of took off from there. I started to learn, you know, um, how to engage with people. And then I really didn't have, at the time, I didn't, I didn't think about, well, I could create Instagram for Noah for the sake of advocating for the breed. It didn't, it hadn't kicked in then. It wasn't until a few months later where I started learning more about, wow, there's actually people out here talking about this. Like I should be doing this too, because it does exist. So it's kind of like the Eminem commercial. They do exist. <laughs> so, so that's when, and then I started to get, be friends with other um, big breeds, German shepherds, and King Corsos and Roddy's. I'm like, oh my God, these big dogs are out here too. So we kind of all just kind of banded together and we're like, wow, that's awesome. So they were doing their thing. And then we started joining like Instagram pods where we would share our content and like it and kind of boost our engagement. And then fast forward to today, um, it really is a specific kind of business plan, if you would call it, basically changing hearts and minds. That's what it can we go and deploy to other countries. We got to change hearts and minds. Well, we got to change the heart and minds of people here with the dog as well. So that's kind of what's been our kind of business model, what I call it, since then, because it's really what it is. Like like we said earlier, you're not going to force anybody to like the dog. You have to show them, and in showing them, eventually they're going to change or they're going to remain the same. And I think that we've touched a lot of hearts. Um, I get dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of DMs that sometimes I just don't get to or emails saying, hey, because of you, I went and rescued my first pity. Thank you so much. And if it's just one person, that it was all worth it, you know? So in the beginning, you get lost in social media and you're like, wow, why am I not getting all these likes? Oh, wow, why isn't my stuff showing? You get lost. You really do. Social media is a very dark place if you let it get to you. But then you remember, okay, somewhere along the way, I, I started doing this because of this. And this is what I have, why I have to remember to keep doing it. And so that's why I try to put out as much genuine and wholesome content because I never wanted to come up to show like, okay, we're just posing. Because what you see on Instagram is what you get, really. If you come here one day, that's, listen, you're going to be putting on PJs on the dogs too. So <laughs> get in line. <laughs> and and, and, okay, and that's the beauty. I love your guiding principles, right? Because I think it's really true, right? Like social media is a pretty beautiful thing in a lot of ways. But to your point, yeah. I, I think that it can also be a dark place if we let it. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that that's really important. I think a lot of people listening are going to take that to heart and remembering that like, you know, the platform, you need to have guiding principles and like, why, why are you doing it? Why are you right. showing up on social media every day? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, 
I I love following you guys. I seriously just like snicker. It's so funny. Before we started <laughs> talking today, I showed your account to my brother and we were both just like like laughing hysterically watching all of the videos. And like not only are you you helping people understand like what these blocky headed dogs really are, but I think you're sparking a lot of joy and a lot of reprieve in people's lives from a pretty hectic reality for most people right now. Yeah. Um, I agree. And you see it in the comments a lot. Um, a lot of people saying this is what I needed today, or they'll, they'll forward me the post and say, Oh my God, thank you for this today. I've been having a really shitty week, a shitty month or whatever the case may be. And some people do open up with very private matters in my DMS. And I appreciate them feeling comfortable and expressing themselves, you know? And so, and we, we take reprieving it too. Because, you know, sometimes we have shitty days, too. It's not always laughs and giggles. You know, we have work. We have stuff that we have to deal with, family matters, physical issues. So, you know, we try to have an escape as well. And to be quite honest, if the dogs weren't around, I really don't think we'd be, it'd just be too boring as individuals living in the same house. Like, they, <laughs> we, <laughs> there's really nothing to us. If, if it weren't for the dogs, then... <laughs> Maybe one boring ass couple. <laughs> oh my god! Right, that's how I feel. I'm like my my dogs are the best features of me, right? Like, it is, it is, yeah, that's my biggest flex. Like, there's there's nothing. Else. <laughs> so yeah, to your point, it 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 really does make me happy that um people do find joy in the stuff that we put out there, and it, you know it just keeps us going. And if the one day comes to where we can't post anymore, then at least I'm glad I, we left an impact somewhere and it changed, you know, some minds and people went out the extra mile, got their own little pit bull and they're changing minds too. So I'm just glad that we can make such an impact globally and um, keep it going as long as we can. It's remarkable what you guys have created. So um, as a, a longtime follower, thank you, right? Like, you I know, appreciate it. yeah. Okay, so um, I wanna wrap it up, but I wanna hear from you. Um, what is one or however many you'd like to list Pitbull myth that you're just ready for it just to die already? That's a hard one. Uh, <laughs> uh. The lock jaw thing. Oh my God, people. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why. I like, well, I know why. People are just saying crazy things and it's just not physically possible. You know, the right. anatomy is, unless you have like a special condition with that dog, it, it's not going to happen. No dog, no, no breed can have lock jaw. Okay, can we bold that somewhere and, and, and underline it and make it big? Um, it's, it's just not possible. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest reasons why people are scared. Uh, they think that once a, once a pit bull, not a dog, a pit bull latches, it's never going to let go. And um, unfortunately, some of them are trained not to let go because they're trained to fight. I hope they all die with some kind of crabs on the crotch for doing that but you know <laughs> I hate dog fighters but um it, I think that's the biggest myth that has caused so much fear and it's one of the hardest things to break 
um, because it goes back to what they've seen as far as the irresponsible owners who let their dogs out and snatch kids, animals, whatever the case may be, and they can't get them off. Well, newsflash, you can't get any dogs off unless you have like one of those stick pry thingies that you put in their mouth uh-huh. or you check them with water. Yeah. You, yeah. So, so that's, do not believe the myth. Do not believe the myth. They do not have locked jaws. If there's anything I can tell you to not believe so that you're no longer completely scared of the pit bull, the bully breed, they do not have locked jaws. <laughs> okay, so we, you can make it a t-shirt and we will all buy it that says, no, their jaws don't lock, right? <laughs> yes, that would be great. You know what? That's a great idea. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So Vivian, for everyone listening, if they don't already follow you, which I think is very unlikely, but if they don't, can you tell them the best case, uh, the best place for them to connect with you? Um, the two biggest platforms that we're on right now is Instagram and that's Noah underscore and underscore Lincoln and on TikTok, uh, which is the same thing. And, um, we're trying to get active on YouTube. It's just, it is a lot of work <laughs> and Facebook as well, but it's pretty much all the same, Nolan Lincoln. Um, but basically Instagram and TikTok are our biggest platforms. And um, it's really where we show most of our daily lives. And if you think Instagram is funny, TikTok is, TikTok is a crazy world. We, we try to dump a lot of trends. And some of them just turn out horrible, but that's that's the beauty. Like nobody cares. And TikTok is so much fun. So if you have the opportunity to see us on TikTok, get ready to laugh and be on yourself. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, so I'll be sure to include um, links to that in the show notes so people can find you. Vivian, thank you so much. It was such a delight chatting with you. No, thank you. I appreciate you making the time for us. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me, you could leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to help more like-minded individuals find us.